Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. So goes the church, so goes the world. When the world is mired in sin and evil, you should look to the state of the church and the condition of the Catholic Church established by Christ on the rock of Peter, to which all Christians are called to be united to. It is little wonder that the world has fired more and more out of control as the doctrinal and moral problems in the church get worse and worse. An exorcist, Father Chad Ripperger, told us how to save the world. Get the moral and doctrinal mess in the Catholic Church cleaned up and the world will follow. There is one key way to accomplish this that he unfortunately leaves out, which I'll cover after going over his statements, but Father Ripperger really does give us the keys to fixing the mess in the world, and they are pretty obvious if you have eyes to see. And the world is in a mess, whether it's just the result of our own sins and compiling onto one another or it's by some nefarious plan everyone will debate. And the two positions aren't actually mutually exclusive. But remember something as we talk about this. Sin darkens the intellect meaning people who live lives of sin and faithlessness are prone to really terrible ideas. I mean, faithlessness is a terrible idea broadly, but in generally, they have the inability to tell right from wrong, good from evil, and become the unwitting pawns of evil. Most of those folks out there working to upend civilization, to uh, start it over again, do so with goals in mind that they think are noble. Many of them will point out real evils in the world. They just latch onto terrible ideas as means of trying to solve those terrible problems. The world isn't going to get better through anything but the church leading the way. And that's a problem now for pretty obvious reasons. Father Chad Ripperger is possibly best the best-known exorcist in the church today. That's not saying much since most of the, cath- the exorcists in the Catholic Church try to keep a low profile, again, for obvious reasons. Father Ripperger gave an address recently at a spiritual warfare conference where he correctly diagnosed the problems in the world at, in our time. And at the core of it is the chaos in the Catholic Church. Again, remember, as the church goes, so goes the world. Headline from LifeSite News. Exorcist. Catholic doctrinal confusion must be fixed before morality in church and world is cleaned up. It's not until the church cleans up the doctrinal situation in the church that the moral situation is going to get straightened out, and then the spigot of grace is going to flow to the world, said exorcist Father Chad Ripperger. LifeSite always has very verbose headlines and decks. The gist of it is really this. The chaos in the church that has been mounting for decades or even centuries, as Father Ripperger opens the article describing, is at least partially due to the state of the Catholic Church and the world's wholesale rejection of the authority of the church. If you really sort of suss out what that means, if you really think about what that means, is the world has been spiraling out of control since the time of Luther and Henry VIII. Think about that. From the article, quote, Father Chad Ripperger explained during a recent spiritual warfare conference that increasing evils in the world, visible not only in our geopolitical situation, but in rising evils that YouTube doesn't want us to talk about explicitly, including very real satanic rituals being performed, can be traced to a quote-unquote collapse in grace in the Catholic Church. This moral collapse in the Church, according to Father Ripperger, was sparked by a theological collapse. This began, the exorcist said, with a perfect storm of modernism, which caused a series of collapses intellectually. It was first a loss of faith in the late 1800s when people didn't believe that all of the scriptures were inspired. This was followed by a collapse of ecclesiology, how we understand the church, 
in the 1910s, and then in the 1950s, a collapse in the natural law underpinnings for moral theology. Father Ripperger emphasized that a single heresy causes the total loss of faith, at which point a belief in any component of Christianity becomes mere opinion. End quote. This is why I and other commentators you watch on this platform talk as harshly as we do about the errors of Francis and the modernists who came before him. And of course, because of the loss of souls, that should go without saying. The world is a sewer, a pit of moral depravity. Many deny this largely because so many people have become desensitized to the evils around us. And that's, there's that part of me that wonders if this desensitization to the evil in the world is a sign of weakened faith. Regardless, Father Ripperger builds on this when he talks about what lies at the heart of the mass scale loss of faith we see around us today. Quote, at the core of this loss of faith is a fundamental change in the criteria for truth. Instead of conforming our minds to reality based on an external standard, we assess reality based on what resonates with our interior experience. It basically just becomes about me, Father Ripperger said. The minute you cut people off from divine revelation as a standard of truth, anybody can believe anything they want, and that's why we have cafeteria Catholicism, he continued. At that point, as soon as the theology collapsed, the morality within the church collapsed as well, the priest said. We can know this, he said, because all the Ted McCarrick happenings that the church was dealing with in the 70s and 80s were because of the guys who were in the seminaries in the 40s and 50s, a sign that by that time, the morality in the church among its members had already collapsed. In short, once the faith collapses, once a foundation intellectually for determining what's morally right collapses, then the morality collapses. And that's exactly what happened in the church, he continued, describing the Second Vatican Council as a quote-unquote catalyst that accelerated the effects of problems already somewhat latent within the church. What this means for the reform of the church, according to Father Ripperger, is that it's not until the church cleans up the doctrinal situation that the moral situation is going to get straightened out, and then the spigot of grace is going to flow, end quote. I look forward to that spigot of grace flowing, the grace of Christ's sacred heart flowing over the world like the water and blood from the side of Christ on Calvary. But that may be a far way off. It's going to take a lot to clean up the church, and we should be looking not to laity like myself or the others you mostly watch here who talk about this stuff endlessly. We should be looking to the bishops. They're the ones who are supposed to be leading us. They are apostolic men. They are heirs of the apostles. I'm not. I'm pretty sure most of you aren't unless there's a bishop listening in the audience. They should be leading, but instead, most of them have drunken deep from the well of modernism, almost every single one of them, to some degree. It's like the heresy of Arius, but ten times worse, at least. And it's the bishops who have to fix this stuff. Father Ripperger explains why that is. Quote, The exorcist said the bishops are basically the guys with their fingers on the spigot, not only because they have the power to keep demons at bay, but because they determine the manner of the formation of priests and the liturgical and devotional life within the diocese. And this in turn shapes the ladies' actions through which graces are merited and therefore flow to the world. Father Ripperger pointed out that here, if doctrine is not enforced, other efforts to help the faith of Catholics are crippled. He highlighted the case of faith in the real presence of the Eucharist, which the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops appeared to try to promote while de-emphasizing the importance of receiving in a state of grace. All of these programs, the exorcist said, amount to a hill of beans and nothing in absence of doctrinal clarity and enforcement. Why would people pay any attention to a program that's going to promote the Eucharist when Moloch-serving politicians can continue to receive Holy Communion? 
since a moral collapse in the church means a collapse in the grace that's flowing to the world, people should not be surprised that we've got all these shenanigans going on in our geopolitical situation, Father Ripperger said. It's just a delayed reaction, end quote. I wanted to zero in on something here. The devotional life of Catholics. Last week, I presented a video on the need to wear the brown scapular and pray the little office of the Blessed Virgin Mary in accordance with Sister Lucia told a missionary priest on the subject that praying the little office was essential to keeping the Fatima message. And a lot of people couldn't believe that because their priests often just dismiss that requirement and tell them to pray the rosary instead. Praying the rosary is fine. Sister Lucia would tell you, you should be praying the rosary every day. But she also said, pray the little office, the Blessed Virgin Mary. And she got her information from the Blessed Virgin Mary. Just going to leave that there. I'm going to give you this. The devotional life of the church was torpedoed after the council. We hear very little about the devotional life that Catholics practice from the bishops anymore. Why is that? It's almost as if it was done by design. Since Catholic devotional practices are a stumbling block to our so-called separated brethren that keeps them from coming back to the church. And that might be why it was de-emphasized. Or it may have been de-emphasized because many of the bishops don't believe. There's another problem that looms large over what Father Ripperger is saying here. He never mentions the liturgical revolution, the institution of a Protestantized mass designed by a committee of literal Protestants, chaired by a cardinal who was literally a stonecutter. The way we pray dictates how we believe and how we live as Catholics. And this has led to all the problems we see around us today. It wasn't the cause per se, but it certainly helped make things far worse in the world. Cleaning up the church so it can lead the world towards a Catholic renewal will require the liturgical situation to be cleaned up as well. With either the full restoration of the traditional Latin Mass or the re- a serious reform of the Novus Ordo Mass, only God knows for sure what that will take and what's likely to happen on that part. But it must if there is a reform, it will have to be one that makes the Novus Ordo pleasing to God. I don't know which it'll take. Only Again, only God knows the answer to that question, if either is ever likely to happen. And for anyone taking umbrage at what I'm saying, it's rather simple. Lex Rondi, Lex Credendi, Lex Vivendi. As we worship, so we believe, so we live. It's one of the oldest principles in the faith. And Francis and Cardinal Arthur Roach agree with me 100%, which is why they themselves said the Latin Mass is not compatible with the identity of the Catholic Church after the Council. They've said that in numerous places. Deacon Keith Fournier, writing in Catholic Online back in 2010, describes it this way. Keep in mind Francis and Roach admitting that essentially we have a new faith since the council when you hear this. Quote, The church has long understood that part of her role as mother and teacher is to watch over worship for the sake of the faithful and in obedience to the God whom she serves. How we worship not only reveals and guards what we believe, but guides us in how we live our Christian faith and fulfill our Christian mission in the world by manifesting the continuing presence of the risen Jesus Christ. Liturgical worship is not an add-on for a Catholic Christian. It is the foundation of Catholic identity, expressing our highest purpose. Worship reveals what we truly believe and how we view ourselves in relationship to God, one another, and the world into which we are sent to carry forward the redemptive mission of Jesus Christ. How the church worships is a prophetic witness to the truth of what she professes. Good worship becomes a dynamic means of drawing the entire human community in the fullness of life in Jesus Christ. It attracts through beauty to beauty. Liturgical worship informs and transforms both the person and the worshiping community which participates in it. There is reciprocity between worship and life. End quote. Doctrine, dogma, morality all flow from the Mass. 
They all flow from, flow from the most blessed sacrament to the altar. I'm sure a theologian with a gift of simple communication could explain it better than I can. But at the end of the day, the very best statement out of Vatican II was that the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Catholic faith, because that is true. The Mass provides great graces. In our worship and service at Mass, we are taught the dogmas, doctrines, and rest of the faith in a very subtle way. The complex or hard on the ears moral teachings of the faith become ever more easily understood and accepted once the worship is corrected. That has to be part of this doctrinal and moral crisis Father Ripperger is talking about here. I mean, I've seen the statistics, the number of Catholics who believe what the church teaches and professes to be true about the sins of the flesh and the things the world wants us to change about that, the differences in the Novus Ordo and among the traditional Latin masculine Catholics are night and day. They're literally opposites, statistically. It's shocking to behold. The most hopeful part of what the priest said here is that this is possible, but not for any reason that Father Ribberger would point out, most likely. Francis has himself declared the hermeneutic of continuity to be dead. Not explicitly, but in practice, when he said that the ecclesiology of the church changed at the council. When he said that the apostolic mass is incompatible with the Lex Rondi of the church now. It's an admission that what they're promoting is a new faith with new ideas, new understandings of the creeds of the church, and new liturgy. As more people wake up to that, the better bishops will be forced to act. And the first thing that they should do is nothing political in terms of the interior political battles for the heart and soul of the church. The first thing they'll have to do is correct errors and promote Catholic devotionals and Catholic ways of praying once again. That will be the first domino to fall. And guess what? We're sort of seeing that happen already, and that's a good thing. It's why the modernists are panicking so much right now. But I'm curious what you think about all this. Is Father Ripperger right? Or are our solutions more material than many of us want to admit? Let me know in the comments what you think about all this and like the video if you haven't. And subscribe to the channel if you're new here because both of those things help out a great deal. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.